Welcome to our podcast series in recognition of Women's History Month. Today, we are focusing on conversations with Littler alumni. I'm Jacqueline Phipps-Polito, OMS of the Rochester Office of Littler Mendelssohn. I'm so pleased today to be joined by two former Littler attorneys, May Ortiz and Ebene Lewis. May is managing counsel at Toyota and recently wrote an article on the power of list making at attorneyatwork.com. She is also an active member of Toyota's diversity committee. Ebene is associate general counsel at BD, one of the world's largest global medical technology companies. She provides full service advice to all levels of management. She co-leads BD's Law Group Diversity Intern Program, and she's also co-lead of African-Americans at BD Associate Resource Group. May, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do for Toyota? Sure, a little bit about me. I am first generation to go to college. My parents were refugees from Cambodia. I am a mother of three, a six-year-old daughter, a four-year-old son, and now a seven-week-old daughter. And I am a employment lawyer for Toyota and have been there about mm, a little bit over five years now. That's fantastic. And thank you for joining us with your little one. Ebony, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do for BD? Sure. I'm Ebony Lewis. I am a mother most of my time is spent mothering. I have a 12-year-old son, uh, and in my day job, I work as an employment lawyer in the law group at BD. That's fantastic. Uh, Working mothers present their own unique challenges, and in celebration of Women's History Month, can you share with us how important it has been to you to support other women in your daily work life? Ebony, let's start with you on this one. Sure. I think it's of primary importance in working with the women I have the pleasure of working with daily. I am fortunate to work on a team of all female employment lawyers um, and also have the pleasure of working with very senior female leaders at BD, presidents of BU, VPs uh, and BUs at BDR business units. VP general managers of sales organizations within those business units. And we spend a lot of time helping each other navigate the complexity of being a leader within an organization the size of BD, but also in making sure that we support each other through visibility. I think it's really important in large organizations or really in any size organization that women are visible as leaders. I think it's helpful and impactful to see each other from a colleague peer standpoint, but I think it's also important for those women who are deeper in the organization to be able to see women of very diverse backgrounds, either professionally or ethnically, display their skills and competencies throughout the organization. I think it's great that you work in an environment where you are supported on a daily basis in that aspect. May, what about you? Can you share with us what it's like at Toyota and how important it is to support women on a daily basis? Yeah, I mean, I think the question of how important it is, I think that's like a no-brainer, right? I think we'd all agree that it is absolutely 
important and not just from a the right thing to do standpoint, but from a business standpoint, obviously I don't have the studies with me, but I know that we are all familiar with studies that show that when women and diversity is in the boardroom, decision room, whatever it is, there's a better result for the business, right? So, so I think the how is easy and the why, and perhaps how we all show up that's certainly something to talk about. I mean, for me, why it's so important is, you know, we were just talking about working mothers. You know, I'd, I'd very much like to see a world where by now, you know, I have two daughters that, you know, they don't have to advocate their value, that it will be inherently seen, right? Just, just, I mean, I was just using the word seen, and I think that's so powerful. And as far as how it shows up to Yoda, most of our employment law group is women, but not all. But Gosh, I mean, how we show up for each other is that we nominate each other for awards, we advocate for one another, we promote one another, and I think that's that's really powerful, right? We elevate and amplify one another, and, and I think that's how we show up for each other at Toyota. I love the word elevate, and I love the word seen. So taking what Ebene said about being seen and your word being elevate, I think those are significant words when it comes to the workplace and, and female mentors and, and having those in the workplace. Ebony, are there, is there a particular female mentor that comes to your mind when you think of someone that supported you over the years, whether it's at Littler or where you are now? Sure, there's two who stand out outside of the BD organization because I do have really powerful women who support me at BD. But prior to joining BD, there were two women who were really instrumental in my career. I have the pleasure of being in New Jersey and Paulette Brown, the first African-American president of the ABA, uh, is also an attorney in New Jersey. And following her co-authoring of Visible Invisibility back in the early 2000s, she began a women of color mentoring group that I participated in as an associate at Littler and even participated in that women of color mentoring group when I became a non-equity shareholder. And then additionally, Stacey Adams. Um, Stacey Adams was a former shareholder in the Newark office, now a judge on the Superior Court in New Jersey. And Stacey, from the day I began working at LitLearn, we started around the same time. She was always a resource. She was always a model in terms of how I should execute, in terms of the practice of law, and being a great defense litigator and just being an all around supportive woman. I don't have the opportunity to connect with Stacy as often as I used to given her new role on the court system here in New Jersey, but Stacy Adams is just one of those women who just phenomenally navigated Littler, phenomenally navigated clients and really modeled for me how to be able to show up and enabled me to also give back to other women, knowing that Stacy gave to me in so many ways. That's great. May, what about you? Who comes to your mind? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of want to name one at Littler and then one outside of Littler. Um, at Littler, Jennifer Yupa was an incredible mentor for me. Um, and if anybody knows Jennifer, she what I love about <clears throat> her style is that she's direct. You know, she's not going to sugarcoat it. And, and that's what sometimes I think we need. Like you just need someone to just give it to you straight. The pros, the cons, the good, the bad, the ugly. And, you know, something that I, I want to mention about her that I will never forget 
my now husband, but with fiance at the time, and I were just going to go to the courthouse and get married. And she was like, uh, where are your flowers? Where's your boutonniere? And I was like, we don't need that. We're just going, you know, it's, we're just going to get it done, get it over with because our wedding was going to be in Mexico. And by the end of the day, she came with a bouquet and a boutonniere for my husband. Dang, that that's, that's beyond like mentorship, you know what I mean? And so I will never forget that. And then as far as Toyota, I do have to mention my associate general counsel. Okay, I know I will. It's my boss. So why would, of course you can mention your boss, but let me tell you why. When I was leaving Littler and going to Toyota, I was negotiating my compensation and I noticed that Toyota does not have as generous of a maternity leave package as Littler. I think Littler had 12 weeks at the time and went to 16 weeks later. And I knew I still want to have more children. And I pointed this out to her and she couldn't change company policy, but she actually let me work from home for six months and I, and I didn't have to travel and out of her own budget, she paid for me to ship my milk home. I mean, that's, that's support. I know we can talk about mentoring and work and stuff, but the stuff that I remember is really that personal stuff. I think that's right. And that personal stuff makes it different, particularly when you're, you've both talked about the fact of being a new mom and the, the differences that that has on your career as a new mom and all of your different competing interests. Stepping back for a minute, if you could have dinner with anyone, a famous woman may, whether she's alive or deceased, who do you think you'd want to have dinner with? If you had time away from your babies. <laughs> My goodness, this was such, you know, this is such a hard question. And, you know, I I just try not to overthink it. The first person that came to my mind is Lisa Ling. For those that don't know her, she used to be a news anchor and she has this um, show on CNN. But what I love about her is that she shows up in all ways. Like she is working, she's a mother, um, she's a journalist. But the most poignant thing for me about her is that she uses her voice she speaks up for others and advocates for others. And right now, most recently, she's been advocating on behalf of AAPI women who have been targeted for violence since the pandemic started. Ebony, what about you? I'd have to say Harriet Tubman, really for her perseverance, right? When you think about the history of slavery in the United States and the amount of effort, perseverance, strength, resilience, to be able to traverse the country at that time, facilitating the freedom of so many individuals. I'm curious as to how she maintained that ability to persevere, notwithstanding or withstanding all of the challenges and all of the, you know, whether it was the physical or the emotional or the societal complexities of just being able to do that. And she kept doing it. It's not like she did it once. She kept on this journey. And I think for many women, there is some similarity in how we are able to continue to navigate in professional settings with challenges, with complexity, whether it's in a law firm, whether it's in a corporation, you know, gleaning from her some of the ways that she was able to to continue doing so. 
I think I hear from what you, both of the women that you mentioned is courage, right? So it takes a lot of courage for both of those women to do the things that they've done. Both of you really have this unique interest in inclusion, equity, and diversity at your respective companies, which also takes courage. May, what do you take away from your role being involved in Toyota's inclusion, equity, and diversity programs? Gosh, I don't know if this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but what I take from my involvement is that you can have strategy, you can have the smartest, most experienced people in the room, you can have a huge budget and send people to conferences, you can do all that. But at the end of the day, what I find actually moves people to action is what matters. It's inspiring and motivating everyone on your team to really be active. I think that's what my takeaway is, that sometimes the big, splashy strategies and, you know, everything, it's helpful to an extent, but it really comes to individual actions. Ebony, what about you and your leadership roles with the diversity programs at BD? What do you take away from those roles? Sure. I think um, one of the things that I really find to be helpful in serving as co-lead of AABD is the fact that I get to come into contact with a number of associates of diverse backgrounds across across the organization. Um, And oftentimes I get to experience their skills and competencies and strengths and interest um, and to surface for them opportunities to be visible in ways that they may not have anticipated, right? To step out of their day jobs Um, and be able to present or interact with leaders. And I often find that some of our associates, you know, are developing comfort in doing so. And I think the ARG leadership and the role I I play in that organization um, allows me to help those associates get that comfort, get that confidence in stepping out and doing things that stretch them in ways that they may not have anticipated and really see the value in participating in uh, our associate resource groups and in any other organization um, within the company so that they can really take advantage of all the opportunities available to them at BD to grow and just progress in their careers. A lot of what we've talked about is the courageousness and being seen and also elevating each other. Those are three concepts that each of you have talked about. During the last two years, while we've been working in a remote environment and trying to care for our children and still engage in those activities, May, how do you, has the last two years changed your perspective on women's roles and leadership? I don't know that it's changed my perspective, but it's, it's probably fortified my perspective in that women do it all, whether we should, I don't know, but, you know, I've just seen so many colleagues who try to continue to to perform at work and manage things at home. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure we've seen the news articles and the studies and how women in fact have left the workplace because of the incredible burdens that we've seen over the past two years. So yeah, to answer your question, it's just, 
I, I'm all in women. We, women are incredible. We, we do a lot and, you know, in, in connection to celebrating this month, this is why we really need to use Ebony's words to be seen, right. And to be recognized for the value that we bring, um, beyond our work at the office. Thank you. Ebony, what are your thoughts on the last two years and how that's shaped your perspective on women's roles in leadership? Well, first, I completely agree with May. And what it's done for me is really giving me the mindset of making sure I am being vocal about the impacts of our decisions on women, in particular uh, circumstances. I think it is important that leaders and others, as we're effectuating change and looking at policy, and in my role as an employment lawyer, I have involvement in some of those decisions, but really stepping out and making sure that there is that awareness, that we have to be cognizant of the impact, uh, especially during COVID, on some of the, the policy decisions we were making, making sure that there was the voice of what potential impacts were. Now, I mean, on all of our associates at all levels of the organization, but in particular, women. So that's one of the takeaways um, I've had from the, the last two years is just making sure that it's known because I think there are sometimes assumptions and presumptions and correcting those assumptions and presumptions with actual data and insight into what the real impact of decisions are. Well, I want to thank you both for taking time out of your very busy schedules as working moms to talk a little bit about Women's History Month and how valuable you were to us while you were here at Littler and how valuable you are now as clients and that you had such a great experience while at Littler and you're embracing that experience with your new companies and you're celebrating being a working mom. And it sounds like you both have that courage. You both make sure that you're seen and you're certainly elevating yourselves and others around you. So those that are working with you are very fortunate. So thanks again for taking the time to talk to us today to celebrate Women's History Month. Thanks so much. Thank you.